0: Good morning. It's Monday, January 10th. I'm Shamita Basu.
1: And I'm Duarte Giraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them.
0: This month marks one year since Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube banned Donald Trump, Critics had said the companies were not applying their rules to Trump as he spread misinformation and incited violence. Finally, after the Capitol attack, these social media companies put their feet down.
1: The Wall Street Journal looks at how this ban is affecting Trump and these particular tech companies. So far, it finds they've all done pretty well since.
0: For the tech companies, the ban hasn't seemed to hurt traffic. Twitter continues to grow its users, despite Trump supporters threatening to boycott it. Remember, he used to have 35 million followers on Facebook and 88 million on Twitter. He was one of the most watched world leaders on social media before he was booted off. But the Journal reports, in a lot of ways, Trump's influence is only growing. His poll numbers are up from a year ago. Several current and former Trump advisors think that's largely because he's not getting negative attention for controversial posts.
1: And the journal reports, though Trump can't post to these big platforms, it doesn't mean his political message is not breaking through. Just look at 2021. During that year, Trump's political action committees bought more than $2 million worth of Facebook and Google ads. And that doesn't even include other groups and politicians. Last year, They spent millions more on ads that mentioned Trump.
0: And we haven't seen the last of Trump on social media. He's launching his own digital content company. If Trump becomes the Republican nominee for president in 2024, social media companies will be under enormous pressure to let him back on their platforms.
1: The world's number 1 men's tennis player won his fight against the Australian government over vaccination status. Novak Djokovic now has the chance to defend his singles title in the Australian Open. A judge ordered him freed from quarantine.
0: Reuters is covering today's decision. The star arrived in Australia earlier this month, but he's been staying in a hotel for days, waiting out a legal challenge to Australia's rule that anyone who arrives in the country must be vaccinated against COVID. When he arrived unvaccinated, border guards denied him entry and sent him off to a hotel to quarantine, facing deportation.
1: That kicked off a legal fight, and this controversy, it drew in top politicians in Australia and Djokovic's native Serbia. His team said Australian tennis authorities gave him a medical exemption from vaccination because he had recently recovered from COVID. The Australian government's position was, that just was not enough.
0: The judge sided with the tennis star. Djokovic currently holds the record for Grand Slam wins, tied with Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. If he wins again at the Australian Open, he'll be alone at the top of the record books.
1: Rikers Island has a reputation for being a troubled, dangerous jail complex. It's also one of the largest in the nation. During the pandemic... Things have gotten much worse at this New York City detention center.
2: People are, you know, packed in like sardines. They're lying on the floor.
1: That's New York Magazine reporter Bliss broyard.
2: There's only one bathroom. The toilet's overflowing. They're taking turns trying to sleep. Among vomit and filth, people are very
0: stressed and agitated. And, you know, probably kind of taking that out on each other. Violence is on the rise. Last year, 15 people died either at the facility or just after leaving. And now, New York Magazine is putting a face, a name, a story to every one of those people. Breuert and her colleague, Lisa Reardon-Seville, wrote obituaries for all of those who died.
1: Something to keep in mind as you read the story. Most people on Rikers Island have not been convicted of a crime. Many are awaiting trial and can't afford bail. Lisa told us the story of Stefan Cadu.
2: He came from this family with deep roots in Brooklyn, who was this is, was, and is this big, loving family of the Cadu's. His grandmother was kind of a, the grandma of the whole block. She fed people and swept outside, and he grew up in that world. He had two children and was an incredible father to them.
0: Cadu was arrested in 2019 and awaiting trial in a gang conspiracy case. Last year at Rikers, he had what appeared to be a seizure, and he recovered, but not for long.
2: He was talking to his girlfriend on the phone one day and said he wasn't feeling well. And she said, put in a sick call. And he said, well, they never come and take us. They never come and take us to the clinic.
1: The next morning, he had his final seizure. It took nearly two hours for the medical team to get him to the hospital. He died from a type of meningitis that's rarely fatal with proper treatment.
2: The life of this 24-year-old man could have been saved had he not been incarcerated or had he gotten more attentive care.
0: The jail system's chief medical officer said conditions inside Rikers contributed to the deaths last year. In his opinion, the city wasn't able to keep people in custody or the staff safe. And now with Omicron spreading fast inside the jail, New York Magazine says things may get worse before they get better.
1: It took 76 years, but a letter sent from an American soldier at the end of World War II was finally delivered, and it brought so much joy to someone who was missing him deeply. The December 1945 letter was from Army Sergeant John Gonzales. He was stationed in Germany.
0: It was a letter he'd written to his mom. He said he was doing okay. He hoped everyone back home was too. The food was pretty lousy most of the time, he wrote. And he ended by saying he hoped he'd be seeing her soon.
1: He made it home to see his mother, but she never saw the letter. It didn't get delivered. She passed away, and so did Gonzales, several years ago. Then, a few weeks ago, around Christmas, this veteran's widow, Angelina, got a surprise. After all these years, the Postal Service found the letter and tracked down her address. She told CBS Boston what it was like to have her late husband's handwritten words in her hands for the holidays.
2: I, I love it. I love it. it I, when I think that it's all his words, I can't believe it. It's wonderful. And I feel like I have him here with me, you know?
1: You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app.
0: And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners.
1: We'll talk with you again tomorrow.